Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Lamar. We have with us today Max Amon. He is the CEO and co-founder at Centrifuge. Welcome, Max. Hey, hi. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with explaining a little bit about Centrifuge. Well, sure. So uh, at Centrifuge, we're building uh, what we call the operating system for global commerce. And, uh, well, I get to that in a minute, what that means, but... It is maybe quite helpful to understand the, the, the background where we actually come from. So we come from the from the fintech space, from the small medium business lending space. So that's what we did as a team, the same founding team for the last yeah almost 20 years, and specifically the last 10 years in, in a company by the name of Taulia. And what we did there, we actually helped yeah businesses, small, medium, and large, to get access to liquidity. And with Centrifuge now for the last yeah almost year. We're trying to move that concept uh, to a, a decentralized, uh, into a decentralized manner and using the blockchain for that. And uh, the pieces that we want to solve here is to have data so- uh, sovereignty and uh, your own reputation on blockchain as a small and medium business so that you can then use that uh, data ownership and your decentralized reputation to access financial services, financial services as early payments on invoices as insurances, as loans, and so on and so forth. And uh, we do that by connecting those businesses with the help of uh, yeah, using blockchain, in our case Ethereum, to connect those businesses to talk to each other. Wow, that's very exciting. Uh, so let's you know, do a dive into you know, the user experience when people come to you uh, looking for solutions. Well, sure. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of areas where we actually uh, solve pain points. Um, for larger corporations, so first of all, I, I, should, I should state that so we're in the pure B2B space, so business to business, like really companies doing business with each other. And, uh, and uh, different companies have different issues. The issues that we address are, uh, for instance, that companies today, specifically large corporations, uh, have yet thousands of uh, relationships with suppliers and customers. And they... Um, have disputes on the validity of documents, of invoices. Did you receive my invoice? When will you pay me? Why did you pay me X, Y, Z? Like really uh, on business documents that have been exchanged between the corporation and their, their counterparty. And one of the things that we solve is actually by using a, a, a single source of truth on chain, a single source of truth of this document, we eliminate the fact that there are uh, multiple representations of a document. In today's world, if you think about it, as a supplier, I sent my invoice from QuickBooks through, I don't know, a, a network, an electronic invoicing network, like, I don't know, Coupa, Ariba. I send it to my customer that happens to have that invoice in his SAP system. Here alone, I have like three representation of the same document, and that, that, that screams for, for problems. So in the future, using our protocol, our operating system, there will be a single source of truth that every party can rely on. So that's, that's one of the one of the problems that, that, that we address. Um, but then more away from the operational side, once companies start using our protocol, um, as I said before, they establish their reputation. 
And with that reputation, they then can access liquidity. They can access funding. They can access any financial service from any partner that they choose. And we think that is the real, the real exciting change that companies then finally are not bound to just working with their house bank or with the insurance company that knows them, but they have then provable business relationship identity with their, with their counterparties. I can imagine that being very confusing when you have several different documents all stating the same thing. It's got to get messy and messy really quickly. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 I mean in every company, uh, large companies mainly, but in any company, they spend literally millions of dollars each year just solving those problems because nobody knows what is the real document. I mean, then introduce uh, uh, maybe, uh, we have already three representations, but uh, uh, introduce another party to the mix. Maybe an insurance company that needs an invoice uh, uh, because they want to insure that invoice. Maybe um, a shipping company that needs to have visibility into that invoice. Maybe a bank that wants to have visibility. Then you have, again, other representation of this very same document, but a very different representation. Again, a, a huge source for, for problems and with that cost. And with costs, it gets expensive and expensive then probably for small, medium business. So if a business wants to use Centrifuge, uh, walk us through how they get started and what they need, and then how, how your process works. Yes. So, I mean, uh, uh, very important to know is we are early days. I mean, early days as a company, less than a year old, uh, that's, that's the first thing. And this space, I mean, the blockchain space, the crypto space is in its very, very early days. So, um, I mean, I would lie if I tell you we have in six months a running product that the whole world can use. So that will that will take a while. So right now, today, we, we have our first uh, yeah, proof of concept pilots running with uh, some large companies and with smaller companies to test out the first version of our system. In the future, we anticipate that our, our nodes, as we call them, our centrifuge nodes, can be installed by businesses that run them on their own. Those nodes will be open source. And then data within the financial supply chain can be exchanged by those companies with help of those nodes. And uh, once, and this is it will be it's designed to be self-service, so the communication and the usage can happen by itself. And then the important piece will be for the the other players in our ecosystem, because it's an open ecosystem, that third parties, developers, can build on top of this protocol their decentralized applications that provide the services I mentioned before. Again, a, a lending application, maybe a financing application, uh, or maybe an insurance application. Those are the things that we build as we speak with our partners on top of our protocol. And how did you get involved with this space? Give us a little bit of history about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. So, uh, as you undoubtedly can hear in my beautiful German accent, uh, that, that's where I come from. And uh, what do you do in Germany uh, as, a, as a software developer? Yeah, well, you work for SAP, uh, especially when I started my career 20 years ago. That was, uh, that was uh, pretty much the only valid option. So that's what I did. I started my career working in the engineering department of SAP, where I met my now co-founder, uh, Martin Quentel already, and we developed uh, together the payment program of SAP. So that little piece of software that every company on this planet, every large company on this planet uses to pay their suppliers and employees. So that, that was our baby. I then had my first startup in that space where we did uh, electronic invoicing and AP automation, uh, again with my co-founders. And uh, then for the last 10 years, I had a, a startup in Silicon Valley by the name of Taulia, same founding team, 
Um, and what we did is pieces of what I just described before of what we want to achieve with Centrifuge. So we, we solved uh, the problem of early payments. Uh, so we had large corporations to offer to their tens, 20,000 suppliers early payment capabilities. So instead of waiting 60 days for their money, suppliers of Vodafone, of Home Depot, of Coca-Cola, they don't have to wait 60 days anymore. They can request early payment for a small fee. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we did pretty successfully. We onboarded uh, more than one and a half million of those suppliers into the network. And now we just want to take that, exactly, that exact concept uh, to the next level without competing with, with what we did before, but just spreading it out and going deeper into supply chains and offer it uh, in, a, in a decentralized manner. You know, working, you, you have a lot of experience uh, in this space. You know, what are some of the biggest things that you've, that you've learned and, and challenges that you've overcome? Um, interesting question. So, uh, well, one of the challenges actually, and, and it, that was 20 years ago, but uh, valid today as well, is uh, I take it pretty hard if, if, if the feedback from customers, from, from early prospects, uh, and from late prospects as well as no. Uh, so, no, we don't want to do that. No, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but you actually, you're convinced that you're on the right track. So, uh, we had that recently here as well, where we get feedback from, from, from prospects that we talk to. And the first of all is, is like, yeah, you take it, you, you understand it. But if you're convinced that you're on the right track, I think what I really learned now over the last couple of years is a persistence that, yeah, even if someone tells you no and you're 100% sure you're on the right track, yeah, stay on it. Uh, don't get demotivated. Go with it. So that one, um, yeah, that one I, I, I experienced a lot and I think I learned a lot as well. Um, the other one, I mean, I know only enterprise sales. So really just working with large corporations. And if you do that, you, you don't have, and if you do that in the financial supply chain, like in procure to pay, in accounts payable, and you work with large corporations, let's say with the Global 2000, well, you are global by definition from day one. So whatever software, whatever solution you build, uh, if you sell into large enterprises, make sure you think about the consequences of, yes, yeah, some of your uh, stakeholders, some of your users will be in China, will be in the UK, will be in Latin America. So that is, that is something that uh, uh, I think we had an unfair advantage and, uh, yeah, and, and learned that uh, even better over the years. And you know, what do you feel like the future of this space looks like for everyone? You know, what are your goals for the entire, the entire industry, really? I mean, I really, the more I, I mean, I'm not a crypto native person, right? So I came to that space about two years ago. So uh, uh, by no means as long as many other of those people that, uh, yeah, where, the, where they're 2010, 11, when, when, when things started. So uh, I come a little bit with an with a outside perspective, but the more I dive into it, uh, the more I actually understand the, 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 true, the true potential that, uh, that this industry, the, the, the crypto industry has, the blockchain industry. And I'm not talking here about permission blockchains. I'm, I'm not bashing here permission blockchains, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking here about the power that decentralization has uh, in terms of owning your data. So really not being locked in anymore. Like, really, I own my identity. I am, I don't know, I am a small media business around the corner, and I can prove who I am, and I can prove my reputation. I'm not relying on a third-party service like, let's say, 
Yelp that uh, rates me. Uh, I'm not relying on Equifax or whatever those companies are called that collect data without my knowledge about me. No, I own that data and I can decide what to do with that data. I can decide what to do with my identity and reputation and I can use that for, for whatever I think I should use it for. That is, I think, one of the eye-openers that in the last two years uh, I, I realized is the power of this, this decentralization. And the second one is the, the power of incentives. Uh, how incentives actually are, are one of the, if not the biggest uh, uh, invention, if you want, uh, token incentives that are on a blockchain. I think that is, that is what, I, what I realized are so, is so powerful. And with that, I actually see dramatic changes within the next five or 10 years in this space, in the, in the crypto blockchain space, uh, to the better, uh, to be honest. I mean, uh, uh, it, it will take a while until we overcome the, the current scaling, the privacy issues that we see in public blockchains. But I'm, I'm, I'm extremely hopeful uh, that uh, teams working on that and will solve those issues so that in, in the years to come, we can use uh, public blockchains for the things we anticipate we want to use them for. Absolutely. And what really keeps you motivated in this space personally? You know, what is, what is something that, that keeps you coming back, solving these hard issues and keeps you motivated? Well, it's, 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 it's actually very similar to, to what I did the last 10 years. The most satisfying thing work-wise, uh, in, in work-wise, uh, work I need to say, work-wise is if you really talk to a small, medium business, I don't know, in Ohio, uh, one that was at our user conference, and without a camera on them, just between talking one-on-one -on -one to them, they tell you <laughs> it actually changed my life that I could stay in business, that I could access liquidity through your system. That, that was honest. That was not made up. That was not a marketing speech that I got. That was honest feedback from a small, medium business. And so knowing that we, we are able to do that for many, many companies in the past, it, it just drives me to do that for as many companies as possible in the future. So that motivates me. That's, that is so beautiful. Um, if people want to learn more about Centrifuge and how to get involved and really follow your journey as the company comes to maturity, what is the best way to do that? Well, I mean, uh, centrifuge.io, uh, our website, admittedly probably not the, the most content yet, uh, Centrifuge on Medium or just the Centrifuge Twitter handle at Centrifuge. I think those are, those are the best places uh, uh, to, find, uh, to find out about us, about the project. And that's where you will find our white paper as well that describes in way more detail and uh, more accurate way what we're up to. And you can also subscribe to a newsletter. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's on the website as well. There is absolutely a newsletter as well. That's so fantastic. Uh, Max, thank you so much for joining us today on Future Tech Podcast and, and letting us all know a little bit more about Centrifuge and, and the exciting future it has to offer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was Max Emmett. He is the CEO and co-founder at Centrifuge. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Juliette Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.